The Dental Brief is brought to you by Omni Premier Marketing and the amazing guests who bring wisdom and advice that you can put to use to take your business and practices to the next level. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation. Get ready to grow because we are kicking off the next episode in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. I'm so excited for today's episode. Today's topic is something that fascinates me. Why more practices aren't involved in it is what truly fascinates me about it. So we're going to tackle this today. Let me go ahead and introduce our guest, Kendra Sellers. Say hello to everyone. Hey there. <laughs> thanks it, for joining. Me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah, the, can't wait. I'm really excited for today's episode. You started a company called Tandem and Practice Solutions, right? It's tipsmedicalbilling.com. And you help dentists, and we'll get to how you help them in, in a little bit with medical billing. Let's start. Tell me about your background in dentistry. How'd you get from involved in dentistry and how'd you get from there to where you're at now? Sure. So I actually am a dental hygienist by trade. I graduated in 93. So now I'm you know, just add up the years. <laughs> Before that, I was in dentistry uh, while I was going to uh, college for my my hygiene degree. So I've been at this a long time. I've had a lot of different roles in in dentistry, including having my own temping service, doing periodontal con consulting and coaching, and practice management, sales, a little bit of everything. But I've landed landed here, and this is where I'll end end my career. Yeah. And it's fascinating. Again, what you do, tell us a little <clears throat> bit about why you started Tandem and Practice Solutions. What were some of the problems that dentists were having that made you go, hey, there's a need for help in this? Yeah. Case? Yeah. I, I, when I was in practice management, I, I, I attended a course four times by the same doctor about medical billing. And I had heard, you know, I heard, oh yeah, we've tried that. It doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, gosh, okay, I'm going to attend one of these courses. And I did that four times. And every time while I learned more, I was still somewhat baffled as to how would you, how would you take this into a practice and implement it? And what I could see in the room, you know, just as more of an observer, because as a practice management coach, I wanted to, I was thinking about how could I help my practices? I could see the the glaze over people's eyes after two days of complete immersion of amazing information, but I could see this glaze of how are we going to do this? Like how, uh, uh, it was either the doctor in the room or the doctor and their admin person, or maybe just one or the other. And I thought there is no way because I was very much a team approach practice management consultant or coach, I should say more so than consultant, but I, I, there was no way that these, that these people sitting in the room were going to take this back to their team and successfully implement it. Um, which is why there's so much stigma around, oh, this doesn't work. I get that all the time and I make those practices successful at it. It's because they need somebody coaching them through every step of the way. You're yeah. going to have hiccups. You're going to have obstacles. And most people would just give up. And I hear that all the time from my clients. So glad that we have you because I can't, I can't imagine how we would have, we would have quit. We would have quit already. Sure. Um, so it, it's amazing. You see this in a lot of areas where people are like, Hey, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. But yet then there's yeah. people that have tremendous amounts of success 
in certain areas and 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 do make it work and i know that you are that you you coach practices right so you actually help them take this and implement this into their practices and actually yeah. make it work and make it successful mm-hmm. uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the reasons why it doesn't work right so what are mm-hmm. some of the big mistakes that you see practices not and not just the consistently and sticking with it right making a plan and sticking yeah. with it but what are some of the things that you see practices do that cause them to fail and, and make them throw up their hands and, and walk away? Sure. And I mean, first, first off, our niche truly is that implementation. And I feel it is a niche. I don't, I don't see a lot of people doing what we're doing at this level, for sure. I think some mm-hmm. of the failure rates are just not understanding diagnosis codes or procedure codes. That's, I mean, we, in dentistry, we can do procedures all day long without ever having to give a reason as to why we did those procedures on a claim form. We just do it and get paid. It's the craziest thing ever. And when I talk about diagnosis codes, there's no dental and medical diagnosis codes. There's all one system for codes, for diagnosis codes. Yes, some are more dental in nature than others, but there is only you know, one group, an organization like the ADA, this is the WHO and some other organizations that do dental codes or dental medical codes, diagnosis codes. And then you have the CDT codes that go, not CDT codes, but how do we, how do we cross over CDT codes to CPT codes, which are medical codes? People don't know that. And they, they, they're intimidated by it. I really think they're intimidated by it. It's really not that hard. There's not that many codes that we truly tap into in a general practice. Sure. So I see that as a as a big problem. Mindset, huge problem. And and that's not negative. We've just been stuck over here on this little island of dentistry. And we need to get over here to the mainland. I learned that from I learned that little that little what would you call it? Nugget of wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Nugget of wisdom, like the islands. You know, I learned that from my mentor, the person that I saw four times and I finally approached him and said, you know, Hey, will you be my coach and mentor through this? Because I, I think there's a huge gap here anyway. So I think, you know, our mindset in dentistry is we have allowed dental benefits, not insurance, to dictate everything about our practice, how much we charge, how often we charge, when we charge. Um, And if it doesn't fit into the parameters of the dental plan or supplemental plan that the patient has or the coupon discount plan that they have, because that's all it is, we just don't charge them for it or we give it away because we feel bad. I get it. They're like our family to us because they see us really regular and they do become our dental family. But at the end of the day, we have a business to run and we give so much away. If you go to a medical carrier or a medical doctor, they're going to, they're going to charge you for everything that they do for you. There's no giveaways. There's no free consults. There's none of that. Sure. So I think that's, that's another huge barrier is just mindset and shifting that to more of a medical model. But that just takes time because we've really been, ingrained with dental and how it operates. We've been brainwashed. I call it brainwashing because we we really, it, it's wild the longer I do this, how set we are on that so, mindset. 
Let, let me ask you this. Practices that are not participating in any form in medical billing, including just asking the patient to check with their insurance company. So no forms of it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. What what percentage of, um, how many dollars do you think is being left on the table? You can also put that into a way of how many patients are going in without treatment that they should be receiving. Let's start there. What I mean, is it oh. five? Five, 2%, 10%? I mean, how big is this? Well, as as an example, in, in April, I had an article in DE Magazine, and I did a comparison even just as far as fees on dental versus medical for one of my providers that's in network on mm. both. They're, when they were in network with dental, they were automatically in network with medical. And I did a comparison side by side of dental fees versus medical fees and the medical fees for the same exact procedure were being reimbursed two to 12 times higher. Crazy. So, I mean, right down to evaluations and CTs and, you know, and, and not only that, but how many things on the dental side are maybe are on the fee schedule, but they're not reimbursable. Right. And there, in there lies part of the problem of them patients don't move forward with treatment that they need, or patients have one you know procedure done for the year, have to get sent out to a specialist, and now they've maxed out their lousy thousand to fifteen hundred dollar benefit, and now you know I they don't come in to even to have their preventative care done, right. You know, they're, they're placing and getting all these surgeries done and implants and things like that. And now they're not even coming in to get the care for that investment taken care of. Yeah. Because they're like, they're just as brainwashed as the dental professional. I mean, and I can say that because I'm a dental professional. Right. <laughs> I get it. It's taken me time to, to get that out of my head. Sure. But we work really hard to maximize those benefits, those thousand fifteen hundred dollars a year on every single patient when we could be getting thousands from medical and there's no max if you asked every dentist in the country if they would like a way to um, get patients to accept more care while reimbursing while increasing the amount of money that they're reimbursed for that chair time i don't Mm -hmm. i think all of them except for the skeptics of course all of them, right, the natural skeptics would say yes. And this is the way to do it, isn't it? I mean, this is the it's huge, easy... it's a huge opportunity. Yeah. It's an invest, but you know, it's an investment in learning, it's an investment in coaching. And in their lives, you know, I think why a lot of people don't move forward. Um, Or are they afraid of change? I don't, you know, I don't really know. I don't really understand. And like, like I've said, the longer I do this, the, the further I get away from dentistry and I don't know why every practice isn't doing this. I mean, we're starting to see dental benefit plans, forcing it and forcing us to have to go to medical before they'll pay the dental benefit. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing some of that happen. I mean, even over the last five, six years of doing this, I've seen a shift, but we have a long ways to go. Yeah. And I think that'll probably be a a significant impact is the more that that happens, 
Mm -hmm. They'll force dentists into doing it, but you can be way out and ahead of there. So I know you do yeah. coaching, so you're not doing necessarily the billing for people, but you can help, you can help them um, yeah. with that. You can put them, point them in the right direction or, or put them yeah. in touch with people. Yeah. But you're doing the coaching part of this. So I think yeah. it all starts with probably a call or reach out to you to kind of get going and, and get some more information. Those that are still skeptical, like they're just like, yeah, too big <laughs> of an elephant to eat. What do you, what do you say to them? What, what, how do you encourage them? You know, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not going to happen overnight. It takes time. And part of that time is just even the mind, the mindset shift. You know, one of the things that I didn't mention as, you know, what, what, why aren't people successful at this part of it is as well. Documentation, all of these things need to be in place and we got to up our game if we want to play with the big boys sure you know if we want to play with medical we've got to do things differently than what we're doing as a dental provider which is only going to help you on the dental side if you ever get audited as well if you have stellar notes if you have stellar documentation i mean that's all part of that's all part of this so yeah i i, I love doing analysis, medical billing analysis for people. I call them an MBA because they're really just diving into what are you, what are you getting now? And what are the opportunities? Uh, and even when I do that on a basic level, I, I can show the ROI of yeah. almost double just for basic, a few procedures, yeah. let alone all the things that they're currently not billing like CT. You know, they are, I always find doctors, they want to see that ROI and they go out and they buy this $100,000 CT, which is beautiful. I love, I love the availability of CT in a dental practice, but you know, they just start not even asking the patient to pay even a little bit of money for that CT image that they took because dental doesn't reimburse it. And I don't want to ask my patients to pay for it. Even if you charge a hundred bucks, like don't give those things away. Right. You look at just some of some basic things like that, that you're not currently billing out that you could be billing out, right. including all the emergency exams or consults that you don't bill out because the patient only has one or two per year to tap into. Sure. Yeah. So, that makes sense. you know, there's, there's so much opportunity. I could talk for hours on it. <laughs> yeah. I want to um, encourage our audience to check out the website. It's tipsmedicalbilling.com. So go there, take a look at it, learn more about um, Kendra. And Kendra, I want to thank you so much for being here and sharing with us today. I really appreciate yeah. your time. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. It was great.